Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you all know what rhino is? Not the animal, but it's like a slang term for cash. Do you have the necessary rhino? One of my favorite P.G. Woodhouse stories is uh, that title, The Necessary Rhino. And there's the feature as the uh, derelict son who comes home and he's looking for uh, a handout from his dad, the Earl of Emsworth. And uh, he asks him that. Can you sub me the necessary rhino? In other words, can you give me the extra cash that I need? Um, I think you'll see how that plays into our gospel lesson today because uh, Jesus is talking about the cost of discipleship. But we have to be careful that we don't go in the wrong direction. So in the gospel lesson, Jesus says a lot. I want to take a quick review of that, the key points. First, to be his disciple... You should hate your family and even your own life. Second, you must bear your own cross and take up after him. Third, as his disciple, if you were to be his disciple, if you want to be a disciple of Christ, you must count the cost. Just like someone building a tower, counting the cost beforehand. You must also consider the battle plan as though you're coming into the final decisive battle in a long war that's been waging. And uh, fourth, he says, you have to renounce all you have. And then finally, salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, it's worthless. Okay, is this all clear? Is this all clear to you? Probably not. You might think it's clear, but it's not. A disciple, first of all, is one who learns, who follows Christ. You could call them a catechumen. And we're all disciples. We're all catechumens. We continue to learn. If we stop learning, God help us. We we need to continue to learn. So are you a disciple? If so, then pay careful attention here because some of this sounds pretty alarming. If I'm a disciple, that means I have to hate my family. Is that what Jesus is asking us to do? Must, it, must I really hate my family or renounce my possessions? The answer is yes. However, we might misunderstand what, what it means here to hate your family or renounce your possessions. This word uh, that is translated hate, uh, misain, or in this case is miseo, uh, is used elsewhere in other passages to refer to God's hatred. Well, God doesn't sin. God is perfect and holy. So if God can hate something, well, then we can too. Psalm 5, 5, the boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. Psalm 45, 7, which is also quoted by the author to the Hebrews in Hebrews 1, 9. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Now here you see like a, an either or, you know, you see uh, uh, hate being paired in contrast to love. It's like the opposite of love. Hatred is expressed here as an opposition to love. 
God is love, thus hating is an alien work of God. But it's a work that his holiness requires. God loves first and he only hates as a necessary response to a rejection of his love. So Jesus here is not calling you to hate your family as we might understand hating your family. But rather he's saying hate as, the, as in stand in opposition to anything that would stand in the way of your discipleship, even if it be your family. And even if it be your very own life, if that stands in the way of your discipleship, then hate it. Because nothing should stand in the way of your discipleship. You know, this past Monday, we commemorated the martyrdom of St. John. We have in our front room, I was just talking about it last night. It's pretty welcoming and inviting. You, you walk into the foyer, and then there's a picture, and it's, a, uh, it's like the woodcut that Albert Durer did, and it's John the Baptist's head on a platter being served to Herodias. It's actually kind of gruesome, but um, you could say that John hated his own body in the sense that he did not let it stand in the way of his discipleship. Now, I'll paraphrase Luther because Luther said a similar thing when his life was in jeopardy. He said, you know, if, uh, if God doesn't need my head to be attached to my body, I don't need my head to be attached to my body. That's discipleship. And yes, yes, you are also disciples. You are disciples of Christ. You are called to this same hatred of anything that stands in the way of your love for Christ. And this leads you to that cross that you must take up. The cross is that whatever pain or alienation or suffering you endure because of your love for Christ and your discipleship. Jesus gives us a couple parables here that might help illustrate this. If you're going to build a tower, you have to sit down first and count the cost. Otherwise, you lay the foundations, you run out of money, so you stop building, and you become a laughingstock. Likewise, if you go into war, you have to assess your chances of victory and possibly make peace before you go so that you can avoid the battle. But notice here the magnitude of which Jesus is comparing the Christian life. He's saying the Christian life, living the Christian life, is like building a magnificent tower. Or, or it's like going off into war in, in, against an enemy that outnumbers you by t- twice as many people, soldiers. 10,000 versus 20,000. He's saying, he's comparing that to the Christian life. That's the magnitude here. So then I come back to this question. Do you have the necessary rhino? Have you counted the cost? Do you have what it takes? Do you have a righteousness of your own that you could offer to God? I see a thumbs down back there. (laughs) Well, in case the answer is not obvious, which it probably is to everyone, let me give you a hint. Here is an excerpt from Romans 3 
which I'd like to read. This is Paul quoting from the Psalms, the Proverbs, Isaiah. He kind of brings it all in together to, to lay this message out crystal clear so that there's no misunderstanding in case we think that by our own good works, we're going to muster up enough of our righteousness to waltz into heaven. None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery. In the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. It is a very bleak and dismal picture that is painted for us. So when you count the cost of discipleship and you come up short, yeah, we do come up short. (laughs) Jesus concludes the parables here as follows. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. So does this renouncing all that you have, does this refer to your earthly possessions or does it refer to your good works? The answer is really yes, it does. You like that? A lawyer answer? Yes. The answer is yes, it does. Renounce here means like, don't count on them. All that you have is a gift from God. So by all means, enjoy it. But don't let it stand in the way of your discipleship. That's the key there. Of course, we all do. If we're honest with ourselves, we fall into this category of none is righteous. That's us. So all these things that the law demands, our fulfilling of it does not satisfy. So in the end, it comes back to this good works. Yes, yes. Renounce your good works as if you had them, as if that was your ticket to get into heaven. Renounce them, Jesus is saying. Renounce those. Jesus is telling you that when you can, uh, when you count the cost, if you're counting on your own efforts, you will most definitely come up short. Think you have enough to build this massive tower to go into battle? No, you don't. But that's the bad news. The good news is that in Christ, you do have the necessary rhino. May I say without being irreverent, Jesus Christ is the necessary rhino. On his death on the cross, he has taken upon himself all of your sins. Your free pardon, remission of sins, forgiveness, new life, all of that is a gift from God. God's word and sacraments are all that you need. This is the the secret. This is what he gives you to build the tower of Christian life. It's not built on your own works. It's built on the gifts that you all have come here to receive his word, his very word coming to you. Jesus Christ coming to you in the sacrament, working forgiveness and faith in you. 
This is, this is what you need. And, it's, and the work that Christ has done, his shed blood on the cross, is more than sufficient. We've run the numbers. We've counted the cost. Jesus is, in fact, all sufficient. And how about the battle plan? We can't leave that out. Well, there will be peace. It is assured. But it's peace on Christ's terms. It's the peace that you know because it's the peace that surpasses all understanding. It's not, a, it's not something the natural person can, can understand, but it is the peace that comes the all-availing from the all-availing sacrifice of Christ for your sins. It is that peace that you receive. So even though on your own you are outnumbered by your enemy, which is Satan, in Christ, the battle, victory is assured. The peace that you, that you desire is assured. In Christ, you're not outnumbered or overpowered. And this is the peace that has come by the blood of Christ. So live in that peace. Walk in the good works that Christ has prepared beforehand. Is that familiar to you? We have good works that Christ has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We're not denying good works. It's just we have to put them in their proper place. We walk in those good works because Christ has given them for us to to walk in. And And thus, we are salt. This idea, you know, how can salt lose its saltiness? It, it can't. There are people that are like, well, you know, this, this passage, is, it's like it refers to a chemical reaction where some certain salt lost its salty flavor or taste. That's not actually what he's saying. When Jesus said this, he was saying salt can't lose its saltiness. And we, as disciples of Christ, clinging to Christ, will not lose that. Don't worry about Outward appearances, don't worry about all of these things that are, that are anthropocentric, you know, like centered on man. This is in Christ. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. So be that salt and that light and walk in those good works that God has prepared beforehand. Just don't ever count it toward your salvation because Christ has won all of that, all that you need. He has paid that price for you. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.